0: Spring game. We talked the best quarterbacks in Ohio State history, and Davis definitely won't be getting a Christmas card from Kenny Guyton. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and
1: Chad. I apologize for absolutely nothing. Like, people do not understand how much this rivalry means. I'm talking complete
0: devastation in Ann Arbor. And the Buckeyes are in the CFP.
1: I can't <laughs> say honking sausage <laughs> on the air. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to (laughs) Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. I'm usually the positive person, but that was hot garbage. Oh my God. I'm probably going to lose my freaking job. Dude, are you serious? That's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. I'm sorry, dude.
0: This is not Michigan State. This is Ohio State. We either win or die trying. Go Bucks. O-H. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 58, and we are excited today. We have a great show for you. Uh, obviously, we just came off the spring game. We're going dis- to discuss that. We got a couple of uh, brackets and polls just for fun that we're going to do, and uh, we're really excited to be back on. How are you, Senor Davis? Tired,
1: man. Always tired. Young kids, almost 40, I'm tired. Yeah, you look tired. Yeah, considering we're not even looking at each other right now, I just sound tired. (laughs) Yeah, you sound tired. You sound like you look tired. Well, we're recording on an evening that I'm not usually used to recording, and after a long weekend, I'm tired. That is true, man. But greatness does require sacrifice, so here we are. Sacrifice for who?
0: Sacrifice for you. Okay, greatness requires your sacrifice, so that's what we're doing. (laughs) So my sacrifice (laughs) for your benefit. That's correct. Okay. As long as we're on the same page. Yes. Speaking of the same page, let's talk about this weekend, man. I uh, had a nice little uh, spring game, spring practice, you know, nationally televised like we do every year. And uh, got a chance to sit down and watch the Buckeyes for the first time this spring and get a good look at, you know, some of the things going on. And, uh, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it every year, man. Um, and I just, you know, I kind of want to ask you because I know you watched it too. Everybody did. Um,
1: you know, what was your takeaway from that? What was your takeaway from the spring game? Well, I, I look forward to it because we haven't seen any football since, you know, the end of December. And I am antsy, and I can't wait to see the the players back on the field and just some sort of game format. But I'm not going to lie to you. Every time I start watching these spring games, I'm just kind of like, eh, this is kind of boring a little bit. Like, you know, it's so vanilla with what they do. There's no rhythm to anything. They're constantly switching people in and out. Your star players, even if they're healthy, might see a couple plays and then they're off. So it is what it is, and it's the same thing every year. But I know there's some interesting storylines going into this upcoming season that you know I did kind of focus on as part of the spring game and just in in general from what I've heard how spring practice has gone this year. And the two big things for me um, are actually more on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I guess technically three because I wanted to see – Some improvement on the defensive side, but you know, it's the quarterback battle and it's the offensive line And again, I know it was very vanilla and there was a lot of run plays and it was kind of ho-hum But man, our quarterbacks had to scramble a lot And I don't know if that is a combination of the offensive line not doing its job not being able to uh, create a pocket for the quarterback or if it's an issue with the quarterbacks also not pulling the trigger and throwing balls when they should be. So I was not very pleased with that side of the ball, but on the flip side, I thought our defense looked a lot better. I mean, as long as they weren't having to guard Marvin Harrison Jr., they were looking pretty good. Actually, you know what, dude? I'm going to say something you
0: probably didn't think I would. I thought Denzel Burke looked good, man.
1: Uh, He did, but you got to think. He wasn't going up against... Like a lot of the plays that you saw, it wasn't the ones. It wasn't going up against Julian Fleming or Emeka Buka or Harrison. So I'm taking some of that with a grain of salt because they're not going against the ones. However, he did look a lot more aggressive, more sure, quicker, was uh, getting his head turned around, which are all things that we knew he was capable of watching him his freshman year. So, yes, I'm feeling good about him and uh, the new transfer from Ole Miss. Uh, He looked pretty solid as well. Yeah, he did,
0: um, and thing I like about him is kind of his determination. They talked about him kind of, you know, in the pregame thing, and they said, you know, he came into Ohio State and said, I'm not here to sit the bench. I'm here to play, and I like that. You know what I mean? Like, come out and earn your spot, and it, it looks like he's trying to do
1: that, so I, I really do appreciate that. So what, what's your take? I mean, are, do you kind of feel the same way I do about these spring games, or I mean, obviously, it's nowhere near watching an actual game, and – it's kind of hard to get super motivated once it starts, but, I mean, you you look forward to it. I mean, I understand that, but what what's your takeaway from the spring game? I feel like you can't take too much, right, like
0: we talked about. You can't you can't sit here and say, okay, we saw the spring game. We know everything that's going to happen and, and who's good and who isn't. I, I just don't feel like it's a good interpretation, but it's good to see kind of like where everybody's at a little bit. It was good to see, you know, the running backs other than Travion you know, out there getting some time in and, and getting some reps and just kind of, and you know, what's funny is even though we talk Ohio state football all the time, like, you know, when I go through this scr- spring game, I'm like, Oh man, I forgot about that guy. Right. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's out on the field. Oh, he's not hurt anymore. Now he's back. You know, like all those things get thrown into the mix and it's kind of like a good indication of, you know, who's where, but you're right. You just can't take it too seriously, but there are some takeaways you can take from it. Like you said, dude, I'm, I'm going to be honest. And you know, Buckeye Nation, don't fall off your barstool. But our offensive line sucks. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I think they're going to suck, and I really did say that. Like it, it was a perfect indication of what I thought we were going to be. We replaced three people. I get that. Um, we're going to be young. We're going to be inexperienced. And you know what? Maybe the second half of the season we're not going to suck. But I really think for the first couple games, dude, <laughs> I think I think we're in for some uh some some life changing alterations there on the offensive line.
1: It that worries me a lot, it really does, and I am now starting to think that is going to be more of a factor in at least what who I think should be the play caller at quarterback for this year. Um, well, who's that? I, I've been on the comic core train for a while, I felt like he's our clear number two out behind Stroud last year. And that he's kind of been, you know, the main guy that we've been looking forward to this year. I mean, he was a big five-star rated quarterback. Um, He actually started a game his uh, freshman year. And I think he's completely capable. And if Ryan Day trusts him, you know, I'd have to have faith in that. But this might be the worst offensive line that Ryan Day's ever had, you know, or at least the least experienced this might also be a case where we really need someone that's a lot more mobile, that can extend plays. I'm not saying they need to take off and run all the time like JT Barrett did, but they need to be capable to, on a whim, be able to get outside the pocket and still keep things alive and keep their eyes downfield. Um, I'm not saying that Kyle McCord can't do that, but over you know an entire season, you know it's going to be a shame if our offensive line causes us to waste all of the talent Offensively, that we have on this team.
0: Uh, I, to be honest, man, I'm I'm kind of a little bit, I guess, sad uh, that we didn't get to see Devin during the uh, the spring game because I think it would have, you know, been a little bit, you know, a lot of Buckeye Nation hasn't seen Devin Brown. If you're not a diehard fan that's going and digging up tape, you know, and and finding little pieces and clips here and there on Twitter, um, you know, you probably don't know much about him. You probably haven't seen much, so it would have been a nice showcase to give to give Buckeye Nation kind of a better view of exactly what's going on in the quarterback battle. And uh, I feel like we kind of got cheated on Saturday and not being able to see that. So, you know, a lot of people are probably not going to understand uh, the people that are going to be more for Devin Brown in this situation.
1: Yeah, so it came out, um, he broke his pinky finger on his throwing hand. Um, Shouldn't be drinking tea that way. I've told you before, pinky you, down. You got to have a strong pinky. So, <laughs> but it was it was from throwing and Following through and hitting it on a helmet. So I do know that they put I think a rod in his pinky uh, To try to help support it and get it to heal quicker But they do expect him to be back even before fall camp starts Now the problem is that I'm, I'm sure he can still get some meaningful reps in regards to getting out there and um continuing to learn the offense, but you know, I don't know how neck and neck this competition Realistically is because we know ryan Day doesn't ever disclose hardly anything, you know, or fully explain anything in detail. I mean, he's cryptic about all the stuff he says, but, but I can't even sit here and explain that you know, this competition that's going on is going to start going even further in Kyle favor, just because Devin Brown's continued to not get these reps. So this injury is causing him to, in my opinion, fall further behind when I am starting to get a gut feeling that he may be someone that we're going to need. That's going to be critical. Me and you actually talked on the phone a couple days ago, and I don't even know why. But I just, I'm starting to have this gut feeling that Devin Brown is going to be some sort of player that we don't realize how badly we need. And I feel like it may be in our best interest if he's the starter. I know that's way too early to call, and I'm not really basing it off of any facts. It's just a gut feeling. I don't know if that's because of the Joe Burrow situation several years ago. Or the fact that, you know, it worries me if we don't have an athletic enough quarterback that can be mobile back there. I'm not sure what I'm basing it off of, but a gut feeling is telling me that we need Devin Brown. And I worry that, again, because this injury, he's just going to fall further behind and possibly, you know, lose his opportunity to start. I have to agree. I've been kind of very
0: vocal on my opinion as far as, uh, you know, the regime at Ohio State and how it's been for the past 27 years. So, the way I think it's going to go is the way I've told you. I think it's going to go from the beginning. I think Kyle McCord is going to get the ball day one, no matter if Devin Brown's 100% or not. And they're going to kind of see how it goes. And if it's not going like they want it to go, we may see Devin Brown. It may be like, you know, when Terrell Pryor took over, you know, we, we have a, a senior uh, or veteran, I guess, uh, starting quarterback that starts the season. He's not getting it done, or at least not getting it done to the caliber we think it should be getting done. And then he loses the job. I mean, it could happen. Um, And that's the way I see it happening if Devin Brown hits the field because, like we talked about before, and a lot of people haven't talked about this, but in the last podcast, David, says, David said something that, that made some sense, and that is, dude, you can't lose the whole quarterback room. You can't. You have to play this situation very delicately because we don't have a lot of Indians in the cupboard, dude. It's like, so we've got to play this smart so that we don't end up with, you know— Devin Brown being the only quarterback on campus, you know what I mean? So I just think it's it's very important on how this is strategically played. And uh, I think ultimately Common Core is going to get to start at least the first four games of the season, I guarantee it.
1: Don't you make Guardians in the cupboard? I don't think you're allowed to say Indians anymore. That is true. That Sorry. I
0: apologize to everyone out there uh, yep. in the Native American nation.
1: Right now we're going to be canceled. Because you had to open your big fat mouth.
0: (laughs) Well, the thing was, dude, we never really got started, so it's hard to get canceled.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on the spring game, obviously. Um,
0: Whoa, 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 whoa,
1: bud. We haven't even got to... Tell me something positive about the spring game. Tell me something that you saw that you liked. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on the spring game, so... (laughs) (laughs) I I was actually going to say, but... I do want to point out some highlights there um Carnell Tate um, yeah he's not just easy. the way he, not just the way he looked and everything but also being out there with the ones obviously I know we had a lot of our main guys not there but he kind of looks like <laughs> he looks the part already and he's a true freshman I mean he has, classes haven't even started and he already looks the part and Noah Rogers shined. He's our other wide receiver, uh, freshman wide receiver, and, man, he made a heck of a play, staying on his feet and breaking a tackle for that touchdown later um, later in the second half.
0: You know so what, speaking we, of tape, tell me that you didn't see when uh, Ryan Day came out during the opening interview, first five minutes of the spring game.
1: They asked uh, one the person, like, "Who should we name be looking yep. for.
0: Oh, yeah, we should be looking at Cardinal, Cardinal Tate. And there's also a bunch of other people we should be looking, but he pointed him out. Directly, like
1: you need to look at the only name he mentioned, yeah. That's the only name he mentioned by name, but yeah, him and uh, I keep my eye on Sonny Styles a lot, and I also keep my eye on Reed Carrico. I know it's a weird one, but that's just because, uh, where I live down here, right across the river, uh, in southern Ohio, that's where he played his high school, so he's close by where uh, where I live at now, and he's uh, someone that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. I don't know if he'll actually ever really get through the depth chart, but he played quite a bit in the spring game and he looked pretty good in that. So I'm kind of looking to see how uh, Jack Sawyer pans out in his new role. Um, and exactly, you know how that's going to look. I think he's going to do well. Cause I think that's what he, he's best at. I mean, I think they had him out of position last year. I don't think that was any argument. I think you agreed upon that as well and getting him put with a, you know, a couple of hands on the ground and just, letting them loose and go after the quarterback every time i mean that's that's his a game so and especially when you got jtt on the other side and then you have kenyatta jackson who's starting to shine and we you know i think we're real deep at the defensive line that i think our defensive line is going to be really good and the deeper we are the fresher we can keep these players so hopefully we're starting to see mike hall jr play more um you know i'm i have a lot of high expectations this year for the defense. I know there's still question marks in the backfield that we're going to have to see addressed. And even though I know they're talking a big game and saying that the corners are doing better and our safeties are starting around to form. I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm really on our defensive line this year. Okay. Well, dude, let's move on. We got some fun stuff to do. Like what? My name is Barry Lakin. And let me tell you what I did. <laughs> You're not putting an Adam Sandler quote in there. No? no one even First of all, that's original Adam Sandler stuff before he even did movies. Like that was his CDs. Uh that was things that you couldn't play in the public today.
0: Or you get completely like canceled. Yeah, you couldn't do that today, what he did then. But, yeah, uh, but let me tell you what I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so tell him tell him what we got going on, man. I didn't, I'll be honest, and I know this is probably bad of me as a fan, especially someone that runs and helps run on Ohio State Podcast, but I really didn't get a chance to follow the uh, uh, that coaching um, clinic that they did where you got a chance to see Urban and John Cooper and Jim Trestle and Ryan Day all sitting there with Kirk Herbstreet, and they were discussing some things. I read some of the quotes, but I didn't get a chance to follow much, but I – I know that's going to be a little bit of our initial discussion or something that we're going to talk about this episode, kind of about, you know, coaching history, I guess over the last, what, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, But what was your take on, I mean, did you get a chance to watch it or did you just kind of follow along like I did?
0: Yeah, I kind of followed along, but when I watched it and I, I proposed this to you the other night is that. I thought to myself, "You got all four of these Ohio State coaches up there, okay? Each of them great in their own rights, okay, in in certain aspects of the game. Some of them better than others." And I thought to myself, "Where do you rank these four in Ohio State history? Like, if you're looking at John Cooper, Ryan Day, uh, Jim Trussell, and Urban Meyer, in what order do you put them in your coaching regime over the past? I guess that I mean that encompasses quite a bit. I mean, I think what." Cooper took over in 88. I think he was like coach from 88 to 2000. And then Trestle took Mm -hmm. over. So that's, that's a wide range, you know, 1988 to present. So, you know, there's a lot of ground there. But I thought to myself, dude, where, if you had to rank those one through four, how would
1: you do it? I would probably put, I would probably put Urban at one, the very close second of Jim Trestle at two. And then I would probably put three three Ryan day for Cooper. And I think that group is just as close, very similar to how close one and two are. So that's kind of where I sit and I can explain, I'll explain here in a little bit, but what, what's your top four or what's your, what's your order of ranking with those four coaches? Well, I put urban number one for
0: two reasons, I guess. Um, when I look at him and Jim Trestle, I look at a bunch of different things, but some of the things that actually stood out was that, um, you know, I feel like Urban kind of had a change, um, changing of the guard as far as Big Ten football is concerned. Um, he kind of changed the game up a lot in the Big Ten, and I think that's something we can hang our hat on. He kind of brought us into the now um, and away from like the Big Ten smash mouth football, which we were under Jim Trestle winning 13 to 10, you know, kind of deal, which which I appreciated because I told you before, although I enjoyed Jim Trestle's tenure, um, it was just boring as all get out to watch. For me offensively. Defense and special teams was great, but offense just was a snooze fest. But um, so I put Urban number one. Um, and also Urban brought you Ryan Day. Ryan Day brought you by Urban Meyer. Um, so that that gives me a little bit leg up as well. Um, and then I went Jim Trestle. And after that, dude, I had a huge argument in my head about the next two. Cause immediately I went, it's Ryan Day. And then I thought, you know what? Let me look up everybody's statistics and see, you know who it really is you know what i mean like maybe you know maybe there's something yeah i know everybody gets on john cooper because he lost to michigan i get it but let's look at his entire body of work so i did and um he lost a lot
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i guess that's what happens when you look up somebody's body uh 210 and
0: one versus michigan
1: um but if you
0: look if you think about it he's got more wins than ryan day does versus michigan you know, Wait, got a lot, Big of, a ten lot out of
1: Out of of more attempts, of course. Out yeah, of listen, attempts. Man, dude. I mean you, o- you're looking the only holistically. Number, only number that matters is that first number, man. Well, that's if you want that number to matter. And I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so therefore it matters. <laughs> so therefore it does. <laughs> but uh, listen, um, I agree. I on. had a hard time, dude. But I still put Ryan out or bunch on John Cooper. So I, I mean, but I I'm gonna tell you that was closer to me than Jim
1: Trestle and Urban was. Um, well, I, I found it the other way around. I think Ryan Day's got a little bit more of a leg up and for reasons I'll say here, not just statistically, because, you know, he's not done yet and he's only been the head coach for what the last four years, three years, uh, four, three and a half, whatever you want to To call
0: be honest, it. it's that very statement is the reason why I had such trouble with it. I understand.
1: I mean, because you're also asking yourself to project the future because Ryan Day's coaching, history is not finished and right. It could be short lived after the end of the season, which is a possibility, or it we'll let could you be know in November. It could be long-term. I mean, I'll say, we'll let you know in November. So <laughs> I, I want to talk more about this urban against Trestle um, comparison, because for me, it's a little bit closer than I think you thought it was, which is not to say right or wrong, but if you think Jim Trestle, Um, Amazing record against the team up north Um, Won us the national title Got us to another national championship game Um, And he did a lot of that with Less than stellar quarterback play Uh, National title games Was Craig Krenzel and Todd Beckman I mean the best quarterback he had uh, I take it back We got to three national title games I apologize Um, He also got us there with um, Troy Smith um, which Troy Smith was better. Um, definitely something that we're going to you know, talk about here later in this episode. But, uh, I mean, three times he got to a national championship game, which was even harder when they only took two teams, not just a playoff. And Urban only got us to one national title game. So, for me, that made it really difficult because part of me still wanted to go with Jim Trestle because you know, I really enjoyed when our defense was stellar and for me i don't i know we've talked about it but i actually really enjoy watching a good defense play like i'll be honest watching Georgia the last couple of years uh, i'm not i not rooting for them at all i mean if anything i want them to not do well but i'm still watching in astonishment at how quick and physical um and lock down their defenses i think it's very entertaining to watch
0: yeah that's just your personal taste you 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 prefer that brand of football right
1: so so that helps too but i also like what urban brought in with the offense he completely changed like you had mentioned not just ohio state but the big 10 in recruiting nationally because that was a big jim trestle thing was he would get the ohio boys right From the Midwest and that was predominantly what a lot of our team was based on you did not have a lot of -of out-of-state kids or at least you know highly rated out-of-state kids on the team and urban kind of changed that and also in doing so you know he kind of modernized the offense and we went from being a you know three yards in a cloud of dust to so this crazy spread attack RPO like all these new things that were extremely different for the Big Ten and there was a lot of success but at the same token i feel like ever since urban took over our defense had been declining little by little and i feel a lot of that was because even though i know urban didn't actually coach the offense nor the defense you know he pretty much let the both coordinators take over that but i think a lot had to do with recruiting i mean we'd still have a big time player here or there on defense but as a whole it just, it was not the same after, after Trestle. So that was difficult too. But I still have to go with Urban just because of, he obviously won a national title. I still, my favorite game is beating Alabama. And I would still even take the, the feeling I had about that game over beating Miami in 2002. I know that's crazy. But for me, that was a happier feeling. And, just for the fact that i think urban helps set up ohio state to continue to be a national power and stay caught up with these other teams and even catch up to the sec uh had it been just jim tressel still at this point i don't know if we'd be in the same place so that's ultimately why i'm going with urban over tressel
0: i think urban uh embodies kind of the same view that you and i have and we've discussed this several times you know like What's the formula for a national championship? And, you know, it's great if you have, you know, a really, really good defense, but you still have to have a really, really good offense most of the time. It's a lot easier to win with a really, really good offense and at least an average defense than it is with a really, really good defense and a less than average offense. We've proved that many times. So I think that was kind of the mantra that Urban brought in as well. I think it has something to do with what you said with recruiting. I think it has something to do with, you know, the coaching, and I think it has something to do with Urban knowing what it takes to win a national championship, and, and that's the way he recruited.
1: Yeah, so I think we, we agree pretty close on the Trestle versus Urban. I mean, looking back, let me, let me actually ask you this. If in taking everything that you know, if Ryan Day left for the NFL tomorrow and you had the choice, would you rather have Urban or would you rather have Trestle? Which one would you take? Urban still, even knowing yeah. everything that, you know, uh-huh. the fact that he may not be there for long, the fact yeah. that scandal seems to follow him, even though I don't know how much is really truthful, but yeah, you because, know. you know, what else follows him recruits that's and, true. That's a good point. And,
0: and also, um, to be totally honest, I just feel like, uh, Jim Trestle's game would not translate today. I don't feel like it's the same kind of college football. I think Urban's more in tune with what's going on now than Jim Trestle is. Now, if you'd have asked me this maybe right around when Urban took over and Jim Trestle was gone, would I would I said the same thing? I don't know. But today, I have to say Urban Meyer. Yeah, and
1: I I think I would too. I mean, I'm not worried about what other people think of us. I mean, obviously, you know, we're – one of the most hated teams in the country you either love Ohio State or you hate Ohio State um So i'm not really worried necessarily with how that would look with urban being our coach again but um, I definitely do agree that In this modern day in college football urban understands it and I think urban Uh Not that it gets overlooked, but what I really like about urban. He is a master motivator I mean he still says some quotes that I remember from back in that 2014, 2015 year that just fire me up to this day. And yeah. I just think that, you know, that's really uh, an important key to this puzzle. I mean, uh, I think he is hard on kids and he gets the most out of him, but he also can be a very hated coach at times. But I mean, with what usually gets produced on the field and the fact that he doesn't want anything other than the best, You know, means a lot. Jim Trestle, though, is like one of the most well respected, best human beings that you can possibly imagine. I mean, I would love for my kids if they played football when they get older to play for him, you know. But I guess as a fan, as I said right now, you know, it would definitely probably be Urban. Yep. I got to agree, man. So what about your difference uh, that you said between Cooper and Day? I know you hit on it a little bit, but. It's the it's the unseen. Do I
0: think that Ryan Day is a better football coach than John Cooper? Absolutely. But it's the same mindset that we have every year, like when I talk about the CFP. When you look more at, hey, what could they be? The eye test, right? Okay, I think Ryan Day is a better football coach. And I'm looking at what have they done? What numbers are next to their names? What statistics are next to their names? You know, that's what I'm looking at. So when I put it in that perspective, it made the race a little bit closer for me. Because I'm looking at his entire body of work. And you know, to be honest, uh Cooper has more titles, more Big Ten titles than Ryan Day. Um, he coached a lot longer. And you know what? When I think back about my childhood and John Cooper, did we lose to Michigan? We sure did. You bet your sweet times. ass we did. Quite a
1: few times. It's yeah. one of the reasons why I'm I was so skittish about the the rivalry until we went on that, you know, 20 year span where we only lost what, two times. True.
0: But just like Ryan Day, they're so comparable to me because just like Ryan Day, we won most of our other games.
1: Yeah, I here. mean, that, well, there were several teams that John Cooper had that should have been national title contenders if not won the national title that year. And not being able to get through the team up north at the end of the year derailed it completely. Exactly. And, but you know what? The format's different. And, these r- days. and Ryan Day has kind of done the same thing. Now, the only difference is I think Ryan Day hasn't had a complete team yet with the exception of the 2019 year. And the 2019 year is, man, it's just kind of an anomaly. I mean, that was a tough game, you know, losing to Clemson the way we did. But other than that, I don't think Ryan Day has had a true national title contending team all the way around. I thought, you know, even though we were one point away from really winning the title last year, we, there were still holes in the defense. You know, there were still issues. I mean, we we also had the injury bug all year. Yep. So See, I'd I love actually to, looked at it. Just I would like love you to would see, it. Well, I would love to see Ryan Day finally get a year like 2019 because I, that was only his – that was his first actually – his first full year coaching. So I would love for Ryan Day to get another crack at it knowing what he knows now with a team offensively, defensively as a whole that is on par with what that 2019 team was.
0: I mean, yeah. But I just – I don't know, man. I had to go to the eye test, which I usually don't do. But I had yeah, to go the eye test.
1: You're not a big fan of your
0: eyes. No, I'm not. I can't see anything. I've, they told me I needed glasses, due when I got out of the Marine Corps in 2008. And it's 2023. I still don't have glasses. But you don't read, though. That is true. Um, just Braille these days. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just Braille.
1: <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not
0: that you don't want to. You just don't know how to read. That's true. Um, sound it out. It never worked for me. But... um, to Oh, sorry. That's the... The... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I had to go back to the eye test because when I look at the two, I mean, and you know what, next time Ryan Day does something uh, good, like he wins a big Ten title or, you know, you know, maybe we, you know, make it far or get to the natty again or something like that. You know what I mean? I'll probably be able to put him a little bit higher on that list. But when I looked at it, dude, I had to go back to the eye test to say, okay, who do you really think is a better football coach? And for that, I had to pick Ryan Day. But other than that, when I line up the stats and I line up the wins and losses and stuff like that, it's really hard to separate the
1: two. Yeah. And I think the gap is so big between those top two coaches and Ryan Day at this point that Ryan Day could go undefeated and win the national title this year, and he's still not in the conversation that is true. i I, I can agree with that, statement. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, because he has more years to go. And I think if he's a multiple title winner and he improves his record against the team up North, then absolutely he's in he's in the argument. But, as of right now, he's years and years away from super successful seasons to even get in the conversation.
0: Yep, I agree. So man.
1: let's get to the last part of our episode, which is actually going to be something really fun and something that I think we're going to start trying to do in our off offseason, uh, at least each episode or every few episodes during our off season. is, and I know we're late to the bracket. I mean, I know the tournament's already over, but – Uh, We decided to do a bracket with just quarterbacks and we went back over the last 30 years uh, 30 35 years. Actually, I think since we we said since we were born. So about the last 40 years uh, Took the top 16 quarterbacks And actually these are pretty much all starters with the exception of maybe one or two and Uh, What I did was I went ahead and ranked them without your approval because we're going to debate these. But we ranked them, and then I put them into a 16-team bracket. I know. I already told you. You pissed me off on one of them. I'm sure I did. Go on. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to read off the quarterbacks again by ranking, and then we're going to go matchup by matchup, and we are going to come out – With a winner from each matchup, and then basically work this thing all the way down to we have a winner. Okay. All right. So I definitely think that when we get to ones that we feel a lot more strongly about that we agree with, we don't spend a lot of time on because we're going to have some ones that are a little bit closer that I'm sure are going to take up some more argument time. But at the end of the day, I know. I'm either going to have to give a little and give you a win on one of those, even if I don't agree or whatever, or we'll we'll be sitting here arguing for the entire night. (laughs) So we'll have to come to some agreement. Okay. So here is the list and this is the rankings. So your number one seed is Justin Fields. Number two is Dwayne Haskins. Three is Troy Smith. Four is CJ Stroud. Five is Terrell Pryor. Six is Braxton Miller. Seven is JT Barrett. Uh, Eight is Cardell Jones. Nine is Stanley Jackson. 10 is Craig Krenzel, 11 is Joe Germain, 12 is Kirk Street. 13 is Kenny Guyton, 14 is Todd Beckman, 15 is Steve Belisari, and your 16 seed is Justin Zwick. So, let's move to our 1v16 matchup. Justin Fields, Justin Zwick. Who you got? Mm, Battle of the Justins. It is, and that was not intentional. It just worked out that way. Yes, it was. It was not intentional. It was intentional. I looked at some of these things, and some of it was malicious. It was, first of all, all right, tell me, Justin's Wick, what seed would you put him at? 16. Exactly. So I make my, I state my point. <laughs> Can we just say Justin Fields has basically a bye week and moves on?
0: I was going to say, I don't know that there's much
1: discussion here, Justin Fields. All right. So let's go right below that, and it's actually our eight against nine seed. Mm. Um. Yeah, I'll just go straight down the list. That way I don't get lost. We're not going to go to the two seed yet. We'll just go right down the list. So the eight against the nine is Cardale Jones is your eight seed against Stanley Jackson. Now, I I don't remember live a lot of Stanley Jackson because I was younger, but I do remember that he was a hell of an athlete. And I have seen some of his, uh, you know, just over the years, as we got in order that you, you see it old, old highlights. But, you know, he was a really good all around quarterback. I mean, I think I was probably maybe a little unfair to give him a nine just because of the recency bias that we probably have. And because I know the style of quarterbacks at Ohio State over the last, you know, 15, 20 years has improved since, you know, over the entire history of Ohio State football. But I don't know, man. Just give me your initial thoughts, because I don't even know if I've fully made a decision on this one yet. Um, here's
0: here's why it's tough for me. Uh, Stanley Jackson, to me, well, first of all, you know, he rotated with Joe Germain uh, for the better part of his career. Now, he did win a Rose Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mid-90s. I don't know if that was 96 or 97.
1: Mm-hmm. I he think won a Rose right. Bowl.
0: Um, but... Anywho, you know he wasn't a full-time starter. Yes, he won. He won a Rose Bowl. I, to me, he was a slightly above-average quarterback, but nothing to really write home about. And when I think about what Cardale did, he was just dude. He came in like we talked about before. It was almost like something out of out of a movie. When Cardell comes in, um, you know we're down a quarterback. We think the season's over. You know what I mean? Well, we're down a lot. Two. We're down two, two quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we He's think the season's trained. over, dude. And he just torches the competition all the way to a natty and dude i'm sorry all you have to say to me is natty okay and i come a running so Cardell jones for chad
1: yeah just because he gave me one of my favorite memories uh, of beating alabama um i think that carries the day enough for me so uh i think we agree we move Cardell jones on yes sir all right so our next one is number four cj stroud number 13 kenny guyton and you are not happy about that matchup yeah you pissed me off okay <laughs> It was not intentional. How
0: dare you disrespect Kenny G that way? First of all, can CJ play the clarinet? No, he cannot. That's number one. Number two, did you first take of a all, guy? How the hell
1: do you know? Dude, Kenny G plays the shit out of a clarinet. What are you talking he, yes, about? Yes, I you know that. you ever in the grocery store? I'm, I'm, asking you you know, how, <laughs> I'm asking you, how do you know that CJ Stroud can't play the clarinet? You're right. That's wrong of me. I'll take yeah. that that's on. That's on me. That's what I'm saying. I mean, obviously, Kenny G can rock that thing. But C.J. Stroud, listen, he may play a mean harmonica for all you know. I know. I was pissed, though, because when I saw that you put a couple of backups
0: on the bracket, I thought to myself, uh, you know, Kenny Guyton is my favorite backup quarterback um, in the history of Ohio State football. And I think that given certain circumstances, he could have been a starter. And he probably would have been a starter. Well, he was a starter.
1: He was a starter for a handful of games when Braxton Miller got hurt. I mean, a full time. I think and he, he would have been the and he guy even came in and he even came in and helped us single-handedly uh come back and beat Purdue at Purdue in exactly. overtime that one game.
0: But I think you just you just raw dogged him putting him against CJ. You know what I mean? That's and, just kind of how and, I feel in the first And round. the
1: reason why you're pissed is because you already know that CJ Stroud has to go through on that. I have to. Yeah, I mean you have to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But
1: unfortunately C.J. Stroud, we have – at least I put him as the four seed because he has yet to be the team up north. And I'm sorry, but you cannot be one of the top tier, in my mind, quarterbacks with, without that, at least initially. Now, when we finally get to you know, the next round of matchups and we see who he's going against, I'm going to not necessarily say all resume, but I'm also going to look at talent level, and that might be part of the reason why my choice might carry the day moving forward. Okay. All right, number five against number twelve is TP Terrell Pryor against Kirk Herb Street. First of all, okay, I'm just telling you the honest to God
0: truth. I would take almost anybody versus Kirk Herb Street.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this be is this because of his actual quarterback abilities and his career at Ohio State, or is this because of him as an announcer? Take it how you want to take it, Terrell Pryor. You don't even want to get into this <laughs> one, do you? <laughs> Listen, I don't. I don't hate him on Kirk Herp Street as much as you do, and as much as a lot of people do. Um, but do I think that he was a really, really, really good quarterback at Ohio State? Mm. I mean, and you know, I'm not even a fan of Terrell Pryor. No, I mean that's that's not a secret. Anyone that's listened to our earlier episodes, you know, a couple years back, all I did was I would rag on him. And even to this day, I mean, I just, there's just something about him just was not that super confident in. I mean, and he never got us to a a national championship game. Um, And there's a handful of quarterbacks on here that have, but I agree. I can't, I can't have Kirk Herbstreet moving on. Uh, Not, not, not in this, not in this first round, at least not not against (laughs) Strawberry. So, so far, we have not had an upset yet, technically. No. Okay. I didn't, well, think
0: it, I didn't think there'd be too many in round one.
1: Probably not. I mean, it, it's a lot harder because you're looking at body of work and talent level, and I guess when you have a 5 against a 12, there's a pretty big gap there. So, And you've already pissed me off about how you did my guy Kenny G. But anyway. Was Kenny G going to move on anyways?
0: I don't know. It depends on where you put him. If you'd have put him against Herb Street, I'd have moved him on.
1: <laughs> I can't have a 12 <laughs> against a 13 seed. All right, moving on. Okay, then we got our number two seed, Dwayne Haskins, 15 seed, Steve Belisari. Yeah.
0: Um, dude, I don't even think it's a – I don't even think this one's a – I don't a, think we
1: need to discuss that no. one either. That one's, Haskins. Yeah. that one's very obvious, and we're going to talk about him, I'm sure, in the next round. So Dwayne moves on. All right, that gives us our number seven seed against our ten seed. And this one's interesting. Seven seed is JT Barrett. Ten seed is Craig Krenzel.
0: Uh, okay, a lot of people are probably going to hate me for this. It's probably where we're going to have a uh, a nice uh, discussion here. How many times have I told you I hate Craig Krenzel?
1: Hundreds about of as, times. About as many times, the same amount of times you told me you hate JT Barrett. That's correct. <laughs> the same, same amount. So this is the battle of
0: people I wouldn't even golf with.
1: Okay? That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie right there. I know you would.
0: Um, here's where the argument goes in my head. JT Barrett, I feel like I can throw the ball better left-handed than he could right-handed. Um a little, ha- little little a little harsh. A little harsh. Um, but I feel like he had that that gamer-type um, mentality. And he was he a leader. Done. He was a great yeah, he team he get leader. it done with his legs. Okay, yeah. but then I look at Krenzel. Was Krenzel anywhere near as talented as JT Barrett is, like, you know, on the ground? Probably no, not. But, but I give it to him on the smart air. Smart as hell, air. though.
1: Smart yeah. and I... I like give it to an, an astrophysicist, microbiologist. I don't know what he was. He was something, but and he won a natty. Yeah, he did win a an natty, and to be perfectly honest, J T Barrett did too. I know he technically did not do it in the playoffs, but he helped to lead the team there. So you have to give him some credit towards that national title. Mm. And J T Barrett holds almost all the Ohio State records for total touchdowns, wins, and he never lost to the team up north. Uh, dude, give me Krenzel. Hmm. I don't want to agree with you on this one. Well,
0: that's fine. You don't have to, but I'm saying this. How can you be, how can you move on in the, the
1: round of quarterback versus quarterback when you couldn't even maintain the quarterback job? Uh, that's kind of a fair statement, but Craig Krenzel didn't have Cardale Jones style player. He won an him. He won an and he won a natty as the quarterback.
0: I thought this was the quarterback's list. All right, I'll let you have this one, but you owe me, <laughs> you owe me one later in this bracket if we I don't can't know. agree. I could see both ways. I'm just being an asshole because that's what I
1: – thats what Well, I, I know, it. but listen. As much as JT Barrett pissed us off a handful of times, his career is still undeniable, his overall career. And his if Russian you want, career. His, his record, his record against Team Up North. His um, rushing
0: career, that's what I, I just want to make that clear. Sure,
1: fine. It, okay. His rushing career, does that okay. make you happy? Yeah, we ran... Do you um, feel good about it now?
0: Yes, he ran the... He basically you know, ran a direct snap offense <laughs> for his entire time there. <laughs> well, guess what? It was effective. So,
1: <laughs> anyone smart, if it works, keep doing it.
0: Oh, I know I hate on him, dude. He's a, I don't have anything against him as a person or anything like that. I just...
1: I couldn't stand the fact
0: that he was such a terrible passer. Such a terrible passer. Craig Krenzel wasn't necessarily slinging the rock either. He wasn't, but I just feel like Craig was a gamer too, man.
1: He really was. He was kind of one of the, you know, he was sneaky. He was sneaky tough too. He he would run the ball and drop a shoulder. Yeah, and so
0: I know that JT holds some records, but I feel like Krenzel won a natty as a quarterback. Um, And just the guts that it took to get that done. I got to take them.
1: All right. I'll go with you on this because we have to agree (laughs) Or or else we'd be sitting here all night. So I'll give you that one. And that is our first upset of the bracket. That is a 10 beating a seven seed. All right. Let's move on. Our number three seed is Troy Smith against our 14 seed Todd Beckman. So we have two quarterbacks that went to a national title game and got beat by an SEC team interesting obviously oh, I we were already smith moving is, on are we not Joyce already smith.
0: moving on yeah let's move on
1: you don't even <laughs> want to argue for todd Beckman? absolutely not all right perfect me neither all yeah. right Troy smith moves <laughs> on all right and our last one of our first round is our six seed against our 11th seed that's braxton miller against joe germain again
0: not much of an argument here
1: uh braxton. I, th- I think There there could be a a fair argument for both sides, but I think this one is definitely clearly Braxton, Um, not just for what he's done at the quarterback position, but just the fact that he's a freaky good athlete. So, yes, I I agree. Braxton moves on. Yeah. All right. So let's go to our second round. This is our lead eight. Our first matchup is Justin Fields. Number one against number eight Cardell Jones.
0: Shoo. Okay. My argument for Cardale is again the Natty, um, which we know that uh, you know Justin doesn't have. He does not. Um, when I look at the body of work, though, Cardale was such a was a starter for such a short period of time, um, you know, meaning that he kind of came in b- based on circumstance, not based on you know, kind of winning the position. Um, and honestly, after that run, everything else was kind of mediocre. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. After that point, uh, to me. I'm just going to tell you, you feel the same way about Justin Fields that I do. Um, To me, I feel like he's in the top two or three um, period in this list. Um, So 100% I got to move on Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to discuss too much there. Uh, Cardell Jones, uh, you know, props to him for making it to the Elite Eight. But his run-ins there. So we have Justin Fields moving on to the Final Four. All right. Our next Elite Eight matchup is CJ Stroud. Against Terrell Pryor, Um,
0: to me, to me, this is not even a contest here. This is CJ all day, and you know I'm a Terrell Pryor fan, Um, but I don't even think it's really comparable.
1: Well, it's it's funny because they're both almost complete opposites. Terrell Pryor was not very good at throwing the ball, and he didn't throw. He you know maybe averaged two hundred yards a game, something like that. Like he did not throw tremendously, but he, he you know when it came to running the ball, he was electric. You know, he had a big long stride that made him look like he wasn't running fast, but yet he's smoking everyone. And then you turn around and look at CJ Stroud and who, I mean, in two years of starting never had a rushing touchdown, but can literally place the ball in a thimble 40 yards downfield. Yeah. So he's, he's like that kid, like,
0: The kid that's like trying to eat Brussels sprouts at the kitchen table and like the mom has it on the fork in front of their face. He's like, no, he's like moving his head to the side. That's how he looks with running. No, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That might be my favorite analogy you've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because you've been over at my house before when my parents were trying to make me eat Brussels sprouts, and that's exactly what it did. I was like. Hell no! You'll, you'll sit here all night, and I said, "Fine, I'll sit here." Yeah, I that's, that's what I did too. I went to bed hungry many a night, my friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like whoever invented Brussels sprouts—not like it's been invented, but whoever decided that that was edible—is just a. D- I don't even. I don't (laughs) even know what to tell you. (laughs) Like, I think it's just meant to punish kids. It's it's punishment. Like, if you eat Brussels sprouts, I don't. I I don't know. I don't. How is that normal? You're not normal. Brussels sprouts are awful. I agree.
0: All right. Okay.
1: Anywho, so we have uh, Stroud moving on in that one. Yep. All right. Next elite eight matchup: Dwayne Haskins against Craig Krenzel. No
0: contest, Dwayne Haskins.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I know we haven't really gone into a lot of detail, but to be perfectly honest, I mean that's not much of much of a battle. I know Dwayne only had that one year of starting, but the things that he did in a single year, I mean, probably will never be beaten at Ohio State, or it's going to be really difficult. I mean, you know, before um, before uh, what am I saying? Oh, before Dwayne Haskins' uh, year the entire history of Ohio state quarterbacks, uh, only one time there was a 400 yard passing game and Dwayne did it. F- what four or five times in one year, uh, what do he have? Be... What do you have? Like almost 60 passing touchdowns in one year ahead over 50. Like that's ridiculous. I mean, that's averaging almost five passing touchdowns a game. I usually don't say the words the best at something every
0: time. Um, cause I don't want to spark too much controversy, but I will say 100% he's in the top two or three best natural passers in my entire lifetime. So,
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he had a heck of an arm. I mean, he knew how to read a defense. Uh, he was super accurate. And I still give him credit because he would use his legs when we needed him. And he was probably less of you know, an athlete than C.J. Stroud is, at least when it comes to running the ball. And, you know, Dwayne has several rushing touchdowns. I mean – he at least made an effort in those areas, so. Right. All right, that so leads good us on that, to Dan. yeah. Now that leads us to our last elite eight matchup, and that is Troy Smith and Braxton Miller. Ooh. Oh,
0: okay. Um. Let me start. Uh oh. Because hold on, let me before everyone starts, I just want to tell you right now that uh, Ben Davis has had a love affair with Braxton Miller for our entire natural born life. So let's, it's let's not, it's not,
1: it's now. not an affair. Everyone knows it. So I'm not trying to hide it. <laughs> it's, no,
0: it's out in the open. Yeah. It's out We're in the exclusive.
1: Open. <laughs> <laughs> We're Facebook official. <laughs> All right. Give um, it. listen, Troy Smith, Heisman winner. Um, I'm not saying anything negative about Troy Smith, but he kind of did most of his work in that one single year. And he also had Ted Ginn on that team. Um, He, he, and I'm not even sure, you know, Ted again, wasn't a better overall football player than what Troy Smith was, but Troy Smith, you know, being the quarterback, you know, that's typically, you know, going to give you more points towards being a Heisman winner, but I'm not taking anything away from him. I think Troy Smith was an awesome quarterback. He's still one of my favorite ones to watch. Um, But Braxton Miller, in my opinion, is just too electric of an athlete. I mean, even his quarterback play, was outstanding i thought i mean he probably didn't have the best fundamentals at times uh, braxton miller did but his pure athleticism still made him a, an extremely good quarterback and even the fact that you know after he got hurt and he and he basically spent one year trying to learn the wide receiver position and then got drafted and played several years in the nfl at wide receiver having never played it Uh, I'm sorry, Braxton Miller for me has to has to go through over Troy Smith, and I know I know that's a big say, but do you agree, or are we going to argue this?
0: Hell no, dude! You're talking about the last Heisman winner at Ohio State. Yeah, great. He's the only Heisman Trophy winner in the last 20 years. That's great. That means he gets to do more commercials for Doctor Pepper. So you think Braxton Miller, the guy who lost his starting position and couldn't even win it back? and had to get moved to another position, is a better quarterback than the last
1: Heisman Trophy winner at Ohio he State. It is not that he didn't win it back. It's because he had shoulder surgery and he couldn't throw the ball anymore. Well, then you can't be quarterback. I got news for you. Guess, well, guess what? what? Troy Smith's not a quarterback anymore there, either, and we're still talking about it. So, him. there's not a guy out there in a wheelchair kicking field goals. Okay, right, so can't we're just <laughs> going to end it here. I gave you Craig Krenzel. You're giving me Braxton Miller. Dude, I'm going to uh, listen, I'm going to concede here, but I do not appreciate this. I just want to let you know that I'm not happy and that makes me feel even happier. So <laughs> <laughs> And again, I'm not hating on Troy Smith. I yes, agree you with are. you. I am not. You're like taking I just think, and throw it in the I just think that highly can. of That's I just think said. that highly of Braxton Miller. I'm sorry.
0: No, you said you No, what you did here on I want everyone to notice on the dotting eye with whatever the hell podcast this is on <laughs> April 6th <laughs> at 10:05 p.m., okay? Which you guys won't hear this till Tuesday, but anyways, Ben Davis officially wiped his ass with the Heisman Trophy. (laughs) Okay, That's what happened.
1: (laughs) You're putting words in my mouth. That's not what I said at all. But if that's what makes you feel better about it, that's fine. Because at least I'm still winning and Braxton's moving on to the final four. Oh, Jesus. All right. Give it to me. What's next? So here is our final four. You have Justin Fields. You have CJ Stroud. You have Dwayne Haskins. And you have Braxton Miller. So you have a one seed, you have a four seed, you have a two seed, and you have a six seed. So our first matchup to get to the finals is Justin Fields against C.J. Stroud. That's a... They should be in different uh, parts of this bracket, but... It's because Stroud's the four seed, so... No, it's because you screwed Kenny
0: Guyton. It all comes (laughs) back to Kenny.
1: (laughs) You want to talk about a love
0: affair. (laughs) Dude, I do. He's, He's... one of the most beloved football players for me in Ohio State history. I love Kenny Guy. But anyway. Um so oh man, this is a really tough matchup for me. Like it really is. Justin Fields.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know the funny <laughs> thing is I knew you were gonna do that. Like it's not like I'm surprised like, oh you know like I think we talked about Stroud. You can never beat Michigan. No. Yeah, I I can't I can't have him going. You can't go past Fields. No, I got Fields in the final. Yep. All right, that brings us to probably the hardest decision we're going to have to make all day, Dwayne Haskins against Braxton Miller. Dwayne Haskins. I don't even know why. See, you moved him on just to get beat, so I don't even know why you did. I did not. (laughs) I I think there's still some argument here. First of but, all, you shouldn't
0: have won the last
1: argument, and now you're bringing him on even farther. You shouldn't have won the Krenzel argument, but yet I gave you that one. <laughs> so here we are. I mean, you, you put Craig Krenzel to go up against Dwayne Haskins and just give him a walkthrough, so then why don't I give Dwayne Haskins another walkthrough? All right, sounds good I think the man, I think the man's earned it. Yeah, he has. Um, I, I do love Braxton Miller, but you, you Dwayne Haskins is a, a better overall quarterback. And it's probably, I mean, they're different styles again, understandably, but it's gotta be Dwayne. Dwayne Haskins will always hold a certain place, uh,
0: in my heart and memory, not because of anything that happened to him, you know, God rest his soul, but, um, more along the lines because Davis has heard me complain for years. Okay. We, we adopted this mantra all the way back when, it, honestly, it started when Terrell Pryor took over, to me. And we kind of got into that running hybrid quarterback. quarterback mode. Yeah, yeah like running quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even a running quarterback. It was like an athlete playing quarterback. Kind okay? of, And yeah. some of them were kind of different. You know what I mean? Like, it evolved as it went on, but that's well, my the, point.
1: The passing was was okay, as the best yeah. way I could put it. Our passing game was okay.
0: Right, and at the time, though, if you remember, the Big 12 was at its height. Okay, we're watching Graham Harrell for Texas Tech and Kellen Moore for Boise State, and all these guys like that just out there just slinging this thing all over the field. They're putting up 60 some points on people, okay, right. during this time. And I just said, man, I would love what it would be like at Ohio State to have a guy like that, to have a true gunslinger. And mm-hmm. to me, he's the definition of that. Like I got my wish with him. So he always holds a special place for me.
1: Yeah, he's also coming off of, you know, four years of JT Barrett. So That's true. Understandably, you could have put almost anyone in that role, and you probably would have felt that way. But yeah, we ran the Wildcat for four years, more or less. <laughs> yes, more or less. <laughs> but yes, Dwayne Haskins. Um, man, it just like I said, there's going to be some records that are house data. I don't know if they're going to be broken. I mean to pass that much and have that much success passing, especially with urban Meyer and urban Meyer is not necessarily an air raid style coach. That's not what he wants. That's not really in his DNA for, for him to do that even under urban Meyer is even more impressive. I think he knew, I think urban knew now Ryan day was the OC when that happened. So obviously that tells you more about why that was okay. Why that happened under urban because Ryan day was actually the one kind of running that offense. So, It's true, but you know something like, uh, and that's attributed to
0: how good, you know, some of the coaches have been because, you know, take it the opposite way. You know, if you're used to a guy like Dwayne Haskins at your school, but then a Justin Fields shows up, you're going to change your game. Mm -hmm. When you realize you have a true talent there, you're going to try to mold to the talent. And I think that's what Urban did. He went, okay, that's not my game, but this guy's too good to not do that. You know what I mean? That's what we have to do. Right. And I think he did that. And that, you know, that shows, but.
1: A lot of respect here for Dwayne Haskins. All right, so that puts our finals. We have number one Justin Fields against number two Dwayne Haskins. And I think it's important to note that neither one of those quarterbacks signed the Ohio State. They were both transfers. Well, interesting, right? Our top two of our all-time quarterbacks for at least the last 40 years. I mean, maybe you can make an argument for, what is it, Vic Janowitz or... What are some of the other names, I'm thinking of like in the fifties and sixties? I mean, yeah. we had some, yes, but I mean, it's a different game now. And I think what they ask for the quarterback to do nowadays is way different than what it was back then. But it's interesting that literally the best two, at least the ones that we agree upon, <laughs> we didn't even get recruited to Ohio state. True.
0: That is true. Um, and, dude, I got to tell you, because, you know, we, we talked a lot about um, Haskins a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about Fields. When he came over, man, I, I wasn't sold. Well, I'm never sold. You know that. Well, you didn't so, get a chance
1: to see much from him. Georgia and Georgia only had him running the ball, never even allowed for him to throw. I mean, if exactly. you remember, if you remember, Justin Fields, uh, Justin Fields was on QB1 for, on Netflix. Yeah, dude. And man, I wish they'd bring that show back. But anyway. Yeah, yes. so so, but I mean, he he, he's an impressive kid from what we had seen leading up to that. But we hadn't really seen much, especially at Georgia. So there was an unknown. But I mean, we knew he was highly rated. We knew of him, dude. So, I knew the second you remember when um
0: when Tate transferred, Carnell or uh uh, dude, look
1: at you, dude. You've already uh, I almost said Carnell Tate, but
0: yeah, he better be good because Tate you're Martell. None. You're Sorry, talking Tate about Martell. him in your site. You're talking about Tate Martell. Yes. Yes. Um. That's when I knew, because if you remember before he transferred and they were just talking about it and, you know, they're interviewing Tate Martell and he's like, oh, you know, like, you know, this is my job to lose. And, you know, I'm here to compete and I'm going to do all this stuff. And the second the daddy got on campus,
1: he went, "Okay, I'm out of here. Well, I think I think that was actually supposed to be the plan. At least that's kind of more more what Urban wanted. And then Ryan Day was like, listen, this is the style of quarterback that I need to run this system and that's why he went with uh or was able to recruit justin fields to transfer from georgia um and justin fields to me is
0: what i want in a quarterback all the time uh he could make the throws he would make the runs and on top of all that he did what it took to get it done and it's rare that you find all three of those things we've had plenty of guys that could pass but couldn't run could run but couldn't pass or guys that couldn't really do either, but had the grit to get it done. But it's rare that you find someone with all three of those attributes. And for
1: me, Justin Fields is that guy. Yeah, he, he gets an A grade for all three of those categories. He's an A runner, he's an A passer, and he's an A leader and a, a gamer. Um, he's an all around, I'm sorry, the best quarterback that's ever played at Ohio state. In my opinion, I mean, I, I know that's bold and I know that he doesn't necessarily have the hardware like some of the other ones do, but in regards to the three things that you mentioned to me, I think he is the top that we've ever had.
0: Yeah, there's not much. And first of all, for everyone out there that's thinking, I can't believe that, or you're arguing about some of the things we did in the poll. Um, there was never a doubt in my mind. It didn't matter what this poll was saying. Me and Davis were going to pick Justin Fields. Okay, if you listen to this podcast for longer than two seconds,
1: you know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I I legitimately could make an argument for Dwayne Haskins with being a better passer. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. But, it, but I, but I, it's not a by a wide margin. Um, I think there's, I think Dwayne is definitely the better passer, but um, Fields has so many intangibles about him. I mean, I still cannot forget. The, the hit he, he took in the Clemson game in uh, 2020, yes, in 2020, and was supposed to be our re- revenge game, you know, from getting beat by Clemson the year before in the playoffs. And he takes that lick and basically, I don't know, probably fractures some ribs and basically has to come out for a play, comes right back in on his very next play and throws a touchdown pass and hobbles his butt back to the sideline and gets worked on and then proceeds to absolutely dominate Clemson for the entire rest of the game with being probably, you know, if that would have happened to us, we'd be bedridden for like a week. And he's oh out there God, slinging dude. the rock around and just putting it on Clemson. Yeah, And I couldn't sit there. I mean, I, don't, I couldn't tell you very many guys on that list at all that could even come out, you know, go back out onto the field and do anything, let alone to the level that Justin Fields did. So, Justin Fields is... I mean, I think he's gonna. I think he's the the standard for Ohio yeah. State quarterbacks, and I think Ryan Day knows that. And Ryan Day's having a hard time trying to fill that same standard too, because he knew what he had for those two years, and he tried to fill it with Stroud. And if maybe Stroud could have been more the player he was against Georgia, Stroud could be in had a better record against the team up north. Stroud could legitimately be in the conversation because I dude, thought he had I potential. Put this all in perspective too. This is why
0: I'm so, people are like, man, why are you so glass half empty all the time? Especially like, you know, we're talking about this year's quarterback battle. Because, dude, we have been overly spoiled over the years. So, we've had a, so many quarterbacks that have had different attributes, right? We talked about it. We've had runners. We've had passers. We've had combo guys. We've had all kind of stuff like that. But, somehow, they've all got it done to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like, we've won Big Ten titles. We've went to Natties. We've won Natties. You know, we've, you know... We've done it all during those times, but that's why I'm so, like, critical about it. Like, when I'm looking at this QB race and I'm looking at everything going on, man, it's been a long time where we're coming into a season not fully really knowing who the starting quarterback's going to be. To me, it's, it goes back to when Terrell Pryor took over. I'm sorry, that's when it goes back to. That, we didn't think he was going to be the starting quarterback, and then it evolved into him being the starting quarterback. Ever since then, though, we've pretty much known. You know what I mean? We've known every year who's going to be a starting quarterback. This is the first true, to me, quarterback battle that I can
1: remember in quite a while. Yeah. So that's I mean, why I'm where so You honestly
0: have no idea. You don't have any idea. I mean, and obviously, the seen... JT
1: Barrett-Cardell issue from 2015 was kind of in the same boat, but it always kind of felt like it was still JT Barrett, the starter, didn't it? It Even did. Even though I know they started Cardell, but JT Barrett came in and did his work, too. Well, because they had to. That's the thing, though. They were put in that. They were put in that
0: by circumstance. How are you going to tell a guy that wins a that wins a national championship for you that he's no longer the starting quarterback?
1: That's true. You know you what know. I mean?
0: So, like, no, I understand completely. Yeah, like they were shoved into that position where I don't feel like we've had like a natural from day one quarterback battle in camp to see who the starter is going to be in many years, and this be, is the first one. It's going to be interesting, man. Yeah, so I'm super skeptical about it, man, and, and I don't know who's going to come out on top. Um, and really. We don't have a lot of film and a lot of anything on either one. So it's kind of, you know, yeah, okay, they were both highly recruited, a five-star and a four-star recruit. I get that, but like we've talked about before, that means nothing to me. It doesn't. So it's like, okay, who has that thing? Like you said, I want the gamer. At the end of the day, that's
1: what I want. I agree. So uh, if you enjoyed that – that bracket talked. I mean, I know I enjoy talking uh, about that stuff and I know you do too, Chad and can't stand. Yeah, sure. That's the (laughs) whole reason we started this damn podcast. (laughs) Let's do that. But, uh, I think, you know, if if that's something that you like, uh, we're definitely probably going to be doing that. I wouldn't say every single off season episode, but at least maybe once a month, uh, we'll try it this off season. I mean, I know it's pretty limited because once we go through it for a whole year, we're not going to you know, do it again next year. It's not going to really change that much, but uh, we'll try to do another position group next time. Um, and, and,
0: and if you're listening, by the way,
1: and you heard this list and you're just in your car making a stank
0: face at every single choice we made, tell us who you'd pick. Yeah,
1: we'd love to hear. I mean, yeah, who's your number one? You can post it on our Facebook page. Uh, we're on Twitter. But you better tell us why, too. Don't well, just come empty handed. All right. <laughs> so maybe uh next one we do is running backs
0: yeah i mean i think it would be it's a good idea we'll go down the you know the most popular position groups and then we'll get into some more you know some defensive positions and stuff like that because dude you know a, a good one to do too man that people probably don't think about you know i'd really like to do linemen um and i'd also like to do
1: um kickers man yeah, I mean that we have enough of an all season. I'm sure we could get to uh, a lot of these brackets uh, and probably cover almost every single position group. But you know, I I will at least say this: if let's say we will do the running back, the running backs one next, um, we are going to set our standard that it has to be in our lifetime, which means 1983 and up because we were both born in '83. Now, so,
0: unfortunately,
1: yeah. we are not going to be picking Archie Griffin. Now, will JT Barrett be included in that poll as well? Sure. <laughs> oh, man. No, he's not going to be included in that group. It's got to be a true <laughs> running back. Uh, but also, to be fair to the running back, to make it more of a discussion, we're not going to put Archie in because, arguably, he's the best running back in Ohio State history. I mean, you cannot win two Heismans and that you know not be the carrying factor. I'm dude, sorry. Dude, you just wiped your ass
0: with a Heisman not even 20 minutes ago. Don't tell now, me about Heisman's. Okay, well, it. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: sitting here telling you that he would win it all, but because we are doing it in our lifetime, so 83 and up, 1983 and up. <laughs> I think it's about time we wrap this thing up. We've been at it for a little bit today.
0: Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, as usual, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, like I said, we got a lot of new stuff on the horizon coming. Um, we're working on a website, so as soon as we get that up or whatever, we want to try to direct all of our traffic to that, but uh, we'll let you know more about that when it comes along, but... As usual, hey, last episode was great. Um, you know, we had really great numbers. A lot of people listened. We appreciate that. Um, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about, or, or you know, any ideas, anything like that, feel free to shoot us a message. You know, we'll, we'll reply back. I promise. So, um, yeah, um, Davis, you got anything?
1: Not really. Uh, it's getting late, dude. It's school night. Got to got to hit the hay, man. Got to get up early. I hear that. Well, uh, guys, as always. Um, you can catch us on all major streaming services, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, we do have some stuff on YouTube, but it's kind of more of our older stuff. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to updating that or not. We'll see. Uh, but hopefully, like Chad mentioned, when, if and when we finally get our website up and running, that's going to be our kind of one-stop shop for all of our, you know, episodes, our old video stuff, any new video stuff that we plan on doing, links, all that stuff will all be on there. So hopefully we'll try to get that rolling out this summer um but uh yeah also if you if you guys want to contact us the best way to do this go to our facebook page you know send us a message write us a write us something Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys uh give us some more input because you know we're always looking for new ideas and new things to try and you know, we just have a blast doing this, and I'm glad that we finally get a chance to have an off season. So we we have the ability to have these fun topics because, you know, when we're in season, we're kind of got to stay on schedule, and you know, we're focused on game week that we don't get a chance to do this fun stuff. I mean, the last time that we did that was what, you know, during the COVID year when we didn't think we were going to have a season, and that was the first time we, you know, our first season we even started this. So yeah. we we're kind of a little rough around the edges, but at least we got to do those fun topics, you know. We don't really get a chance in season to do that. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely open to all kinds of stuff. But give us, uh, give us a shout-out. Reach out to us if you guys need anything. And, you know, just appreciate all the listeners. I mean, like Chad said, our numbers are growing. We're seeing uh, great things, even just from our first off-season one. So, you know, just keep giving us a listen. Subscribe to our uh, pages and all of that. And look forward to doing our next episode next time, guys. So, until then, go Bucks! Oh, wait.